2: be a great episode. On a a personal note, this is a great episode because um, I know a lot of people were tuning in, begging for the conclusion of this saga,
1: but I have acquired a vehicle. Are you going to tell us now or are you going to save it as a cob?
2: I think, no, my cob is a lot more fluid. So I'm just going to say, this should be my top of the cob, but I'm in a great mood. So my, the coffee helps, my pre-top of the cob, I'm just saying, something great that happened is I finally got to have one of those Julia Roberts, you guys work on commission, right? Big mistake moments. And it was as a woman, as someone who has been like put through it by Volvo, it was extremely satisfying and I will tell you that story right after this break. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no break. Um, so w- just so you know, if you actually have a lemon, which I did, like this isn't a story of like, I don't like my car. Like this was a true computer was going haywire car in the shop multiple times within a year. So Volvo finally agrees to buy it back. But of course they do it through a third party agent. And of course that takes forever And weeks and weeks and weeks because they're like, well, you're still paying for it. What do we care? So this woman finally calls me in order to turn the car in. She's like, I have to contact the dealership and we have to schedule a time. I was like, why can't I just drop it? Give them the keys. She's like it because they may not have room. And I'm like, it's a dealership. Like carve out a piece of concrete, take the car back. She's like, no, because it has to go to auction. Did I say this? And I'm like, can I just drop it at any other Volvo? She's like, no, because you've only ever had maintenance there. And I was like, that's an arbitrary rule that shouldn't have any bearing on a mega corporation taking back a car that's going to go right to probably a chop shop. And so she calls me. It's almost like when someone's adopting a baby. Like I got a call at like 7 a.m. She's like, I have a spot today. Can you make it? Like, Uh can you be on a plane to adopt this baby? (laughs) And I was like, great. So I go. I drop of the car. The lady's really nice, and I go in in a hat because I'm just like I want to keep a low profile because like I don't know if these people know who I am or like or if they've like checked the voicemails I've left. But I don't and all like the times it here. You've
1: talked about them on your podcast,
2: so I I meet the lady and we start talking and she's really nice and somehow I just because I I talk to everyone. She mentions that she's had cancer. And something about not being a great driver or she's a slow driver, I go, oh, that's... I said something. She like looks at my car. She goes, you don't have any miles on this. I was like, yeah, it's kind of sad that it had so many problems. She said something about how she drives. And I said, you should put that on a bumper sticker. And she was like, what? I was like, put... If you've had cancer, you have the right to be like on a bumper sticker. Please don't honk at me. I've had cancer. <laughs> Please be nice. Please let me merge. I had cancer. She was very nice. And I offered her tickets to a show. So... I'm sitting there and I notice that there's a Mazda dealership attached to this dealership. And I'm thinking like people in my family drive Mazdas. Like that's a good car. I just want a dependable car. Yeah. So I say to her, um, she's like, oh, do you have someone picking you up? I go, I do. My assistant's coming to get me. My assistant drives a Range Rover, by the way. So <laughs> I part of me is like, maybe I don't need a car. And I've been like, oh, I need to get Q-tips, Danielle. Let's get, um, t- give me a ride. Um, <laughs> It's a cool car to be driven in. And I say to her, I go, I might take a walk across the lot to see what Mazda has, okay? So I sign the paperwork, she leaves, she comes back with a man. I don't remember the man's name, so we'll call him Charles. She was like, Eliza, this is Charles. He's gonna help you out at Mazda. And I was like, okay, I don't know how it came out. But I was like, these two are attached. Is it the same owner? And he said something to the effect of, oh, it's the same team. It's either the same service team or same sales team. It's the same group at both, and I'm new here. And he goes, but it's the same team from Volvo as it is at Mazda. And I looked at him and I just said, in that case, I will not be purchasing a Mazda from your dealership. And he just kind of looked at me and I was like, you guys, your customer service is abhorrent and you've treated me horribly for someone purchasing a luxury car. And like his face just dropped. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I go, I'm not going to talk your ear off it's not your fault. You just got here. Right. He goes, I wish there was something we could do to make it right. I go, you had multiple chances over several months to pick up the phone. And while I'm sure the voicemail of me threatening to sue you is recorded somewhere (laughs) for corporate training purposes, (laughs) you never, not one person, had you ever showed me a modicum of respect or customer service, I would have let you sell me another Volvo or even a Mazda today, but you didn't of all the messages I left, all the times I called begging to speak to someone. However, what's odd is that you did return my husband's phone call and he doesn't even have business with you. So, and in that moment, Danielle pulls up in her Range Rover and I just get in. (laughs) He's like, well, we're here for you if you need it. I'm like, won't be necessary, Charles, bye. Were you just Uh, texting her like now, now, now? She just no, because she's so good. She just happened to. Oh yeah, like (laughs) cue the smoke. (laughs) And so it wasn't about like giving it to this guy, but it was just like you guys missed out on what would have been a customer for life because you were just so shitty repeatedly.
1: Right, your your last car, we were at that dealership, you know, for any maintenance. We were you had that car for years, like you maintained it, like you were a very loyal customer.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, when I find a brand I like, that's my brand. Honda gave me no trouble and I test drove a lot of cars. Like that day, I went to a Ford dealership. I did go to a Land Rover dealership and I am different now having driven one, but I will tell you, it is a gas guzzler and I didn't realize until I was test driving one how many people drive them in LA and how stupid it is. The guy was like, he was like this Russian guy who was very cool and like very calm and he was like, you could, this is the best car in the world. You could drive on, Three wheels. I was like, I am driving this to Ralph's. Like, We don't need to go on three wheels. <laughs> all these cars are safe. Anyways, at the end of the day, I got a Kia. I got a Kia Sportage in fucking matte shadow gray from afar. It looks like a luxury vehicle. It has all the creature features and big buttons. It's intuitive, not like a Lexus. And I love it. And I'm so happy to be driving it. I'm also happy to be saving like 70 grand <laughs> I don't want to participate in this upper middle class demonstration of wealth that everybody, like this rat race wheel, hamster wheel that everyone's caught up in, like always showing what you have. If a car means a lot to you, get a nice car. But what I wanted to talk about today was like, sometimes you have to, I check in with myself. I get like competitive about something or I feel I need to like keep up with the Joneses. But like in my core, I'm like, these are not your values. And that's okay if that is. if you love a vintage car, or you love a luxury car, that's great. But like deep down, I've never cared and I don't care. There are brands I care about and there are... Sometimes I think that like when I see women that are like really put together and have like all the right clothes and the perfect hair and the perfect everything, but like, and that's great. But like deep down, I'm like, those aren't your specific values. Like it's not important to me to always look polished. It's not important to me to have designer bags. And I think sometimes we forget, like if you wanted to do something, you would do it. Sometimes fitness is not a value to people. Sometimes high-end luxury, anything is not important. And so I think it's okay to like say the things that are important to me are a nice house, a nice car isn't. You know, it's still like a $38,000 car, but demonstrating wealth is not important to me. In a loud way.
0: I, mean, uh-huh.
2: I don't know. I think the internet doesn't teach you that. It's like you need to have all of these things. And you're just like, it's not important to me that like, I have a perfect manicure all the time. Although I do. Shout out to Koreatown.
1: <laughs> it's not important to me. These are not my values. Right. Well, now you have a nice Kia. I have the best Kia. And nice nails. And you really got to live it up. Whatever. You weren't even listening. Let's just get wasn't to it. I listening.
2: Everybody, you have things that are important. Building a monument to Charisma Carpenter (laughs) and Nev (laughs) Campbell, these are important things to you. It's important to me to always try to clean my house, but it will never look immaculate. Everybody's got their values. (laughs) And everybody needs to stop worrying about other people's values. Like, it's not important to me that my shirts be ironed and that I look clean and crispy.
1: But I always think about the fact that you've said like... You know, you can go out to a restaurant in L.A. and you don't have to be dressed up in the way that people think dressed up is dressed up because you're like, these it. are still, what, $500 pants or whatever. Yeah. You know, that you don't, you dress for what you think looks good, like the fashion that you enjoy, not necessarily is it presenting as something expensive.
2: But that's also like living in L.A., It's like having the wherewithal to be like, no, this is dope. Or like those who know. Not that I'm a consumer of quiet luxury, but like there are certain brands that like, if you know, you know. And so it doesn't have to say like Gucci across it for you to be like, oh my God, is that like a St. Laurent bag? Like people who know. And I I like those kind of compliments. Like, oh my God, are those blank, whatever? You're like, yeah, shh, keep it quiet. I just like that stuff.
1: Keep it quiet. Okay, let's help some people. Keep it quiet.
2: Let's okay, so that's it. It's not really uh anything thing, but I do like the idea of starting off letting people know whatever you, it's important to you, those are things that are important to you. Keep it important. <laughs> I'm busy.
3: I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branches signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolan and branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and i want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for bowl and branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides formaldehyde i bet you didn't know that was in your sheets and their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to california king and & Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site right for details.
1: Hi, Lies and Emily. My question today regards my career. I am a 43-year-old woman, homeowner with a significant other. I've worked in the pharma industry for over 20 years. At the company where I currently work, there are a lot of people I know from previous companies. It's a great group that I work with, new and old, and we are really good at our jobs. We get shit done, and being on a team that gets shit done is a fantastic feeling. Back in December, I expressed an interest in a potential leadership Slash management role in our department. While having direct reports would be something new for me, I was looking forward to the challenge. My boss and director were supportive of this. I was asked to create a 70-20-10 plan that would outline my development into the role. I was also okay. (laughs) You know, I don't have a job. So I'm guessing direct reports are people who direct report directly,
2: and a 70-20-10 plan is a picture of you naked, and the dimensions are (laughs) 70 inches wide, 20 inches long, and 10 inches deep
1: it lo- <laughs> it holds that individuals that. obtain 70% of their knowledge from job related oh, experiences 20% from interactions with others and 10% from formal educational events did you google that or yeah, she yeah i that? just googled it i
2: don't okay, know folks, sorry you got to remember that some of us are carnies <laughs> who have never had a corporate job <laughs> i
1: googled it okay okay so basically she had to put together like a proposal of here's how I'm going to learn here's how I'm going to grow here's it's how I'm going to do a it a big powerpoint and Brought a lot of cookies. Yeah. Okay. Great. I was also asked to define and track the metrics by which the group's progress would be measured. I present okay. on these metrics the whole department at department meetings. So, long story short, you did all this. And you didn't get the job. We got to concise consolidate these things. We got to keep it concise, incisive. I have consistently gotten great feedback from my boss, often being told I'm a quote rock star, etc. When it was announced that other people were getting promotions to other leadership like, positions. I get
2: blowjobs in the break room all the time. I'm a, I'm doing fat rails off keyboards. I'm a rock star. I don't show up to work. <laughs> keyboards. That's what a rock star is.
1: <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Other people are getting promoted. I talked to my boss. He said I was in line for the role. He just wanted to wait for another employee who expressed interest in the position as well to return for maternity leave to see if she still had interest. <laughs> Fast forward to the one-on-one meeting with my boss last week. After talking about my projects and their status, I asked him what was going on with the leadership role. He said the woman who was on maternity leave was not interested in the role. It was at this time that he shared his proposed organization chart. Instead of me in the leadership role, he had a male employee who had been at the company longer but is not a higher level than me, who, quote, had a change of heart about his interest in the role. mm I was upset to say the least. I felt slighted that I had done this work only to be cast aside when a male employee was interested. The more I looked at the chart, the more upset I got, and then I started choking up, and it was clear I was fighting tears, which pissed me off more. My boss was surprised that I was upset with this. While I was able to regroup and offer suggestions for better ways to adjust the reporting structure so that both Mr. Change of Heart and I could be in a more leadership role— I've been stewing about this situation all weekend. I cannot confide in anyone I work with about this, as I honestly don't think I can trust a lot of them with secrets anymore. But I'd like to ask you, do you feel that I have the right to be upset with this? Have you ever had a work situation that made you so angry you cried? How can I get past this anger I now feel towards my boss (laughs) and also towards Mr. (sighs) Change of Heart? I'm going to be seeing you for the first time this fall in Philly, and I can't wait. I've been cycling through all your Netflix specials and watching them again in preparation. Sending my love to you and your family. Sincerely, tears of anger in pharma.
2: Oof. I think a lot of people have tears of anger when it comes to pharma on both sides, the consumer and the purveyor. Um, have I ever had a situation that makes me tear up? Yeah, it's called the entire career. Mm. I... And I definitely know about like not being considered or showing interest. And they're like, I'm sorry, who are you? I guess what I don't know, the guy who has been there longer doesn't have the same level of, we it clearance. Like you're higher up in the company. And I don't know that it's your boss's duty to disclose. To, I don't know if this is true or false, to disclose to you who else is into it. I don't think your boss really cares or wants you to get this. Now, if he's following protocol and he's like somebody else, and I, like that's also sticky. It's like, here's a woman on maternity leave who wanted it. That'd be extra shitty. If it's like, sorry, you had a baby, you can't have it. Right. But it was only when you checked in that he was like, oh, she doesn't even want it. Now, just because you were asked to do the, like, those proposals are designed, whatever you had to come up with, your eight by 10 designed, to, for them to get some insight into how you might perform, right? so you are submitting you're not it's not a request that needs to be approved. It's not like once you asked, you've gotten it. Maybe you didn't know that somebody else was up for it. But I'm just going to say, it seems like bullshit because you're like you asked me to do the amount of work that would suggest that I was going to get this, and you really feel that this guy, I, I mean, part of me is like, was this guy asked? like, do you think your boss? Or someone tipped off someone and they were like, hey, if you want to ask for it, I bet you'd get it over her. Yeah. Something, yeah, something doesn't feel right. Did you say that this guy wasn't
1: interested in it? Like, Correct. And then he had a change of heart. So I'm guessing they were kind of yeah. like, oh, your boss hey, is the change of heart. Right. Like, Bill, are you sure we can give you a raise? And Bill was like, all right, fine, I'll do the job. But that your boss, here's the thing. You don't leave a job, you leave a boss, like you leave a manager that he didn't come to you and say, Look, this other guy is more qualified in these ways and he's applied. He waited for you to bring it up in the one on one. Yes. And then was He didn't like, want to oh, admit it. Because- to just show you an organization chart and you look at it and go, Wait, this guy's in this position? That's insane.
2: Your boss is not being a boss and he's not managing people. I don't know what legally he's supposed to or even just, uh, in terms of like being cool, he's supposed to disclose to you. But the fact that you're having to discover all this on your own, the fact that you're having to ask and then he's only revealing info, this guy either doesn't think you're qualified or doesn't want you to get it. But either way, it's completely unprofessional. And I think you should have been aware that there were, in your mind, you're like, I'm the only one applying for this. And you made your intentions clear months ago. And this was back in December. And you're only finding out now, this guy is standing in the way. Because ultimately at a, heartless, godless company. You're asking for more responsibility. Like you want to do more. They should be jumping over the moon, providing you're good enough. So I always assume when people call in that they are as good as they say they are. Yeah. I do think it's something you're going to have to gradually and you will just naturally accept. You have a couple of options. You can just excel, keeping reports of how you've done uh, under this guy's leadership. Or you go back to your boss and you just explain to him and do not cry that's fair that you were emotional in that moment because you were side, You were blindsided. You either fucking kill. I mean, you're like, you call me a rock star and here I am, We set me up for this and it feels like I was misled. And then he'll say, well, I'm sorry you felt that way. And then you'll say, I'm sorry you touched my boob just now. Let's get HR in here. Just kidding. <laughs> no. Can you quietly search for another job or another position? Can you talk to someone else? Because you're asking for more responsibility. And so- I'm right. Like, you would think that they would want this. This doesn't seem right. But what you don't want to do is jump to that conclusion. And then they're like, actually, he's better. His plan was better. Like, you don't want it to be sour grapes if all things are fair.
1: I'm wondering if there's any value in asking your boss, like, look, what what got him the role? What yeah. can I improve? What was his plan? Like, can you share with me what the difference was and what gave him the edge? But I also mm. understand it is very frustrating when you're just when you're being told how great you are, but then that's not being reflected in your status or pay. If you feel like you're being gaslit. Yeah. And
2: he's he'll be like, what? I can't give you a compliment. Like his job is to support his team members, build you up and put you in a position to do better. So it sounds like you might, and also be careful, because if that guy is great, it's going to look like you're just bitter and you don't want to play the woman card like, We ask for feminism, but like this might be it if he's just as qualified or better. But what happened was, it seems like your boss was like, she wants us, hey, hey, buddy, you might want to get in there. Okay. And that's business. So you have two options. You can either quit or you can suck it up and just know that next time if you're passed over, it is a conspiracy against you.
1: Right. Slash that they're just like, we don't, this would be her first leadership role. And they if they don't want to give it to her, it's like, okay, maybe you go to a leadership role somewhere else. Like, yeah, if they're not valued. But it. what you, we always have these
2: choices in life either suck it up or go somewhere else. But if you choose to stay and suck it up, you have to crush it mm-hmm. and you have to be undeniable. Yeah. Like, I live by these words. Like, if I'm going to take this, I'm not going to do it with a bad attitude. I'm not saying you are. Whatever spot they give you on a lineup, whatever role they give you, whatever call time they give you, you show up and you do it. One of my pet peeves in life is people who show up with like a shitty attitude. Nobody else cares. All they're gonna, and nobody cares about those external factors. They're just gonna be like, why is she being awful or hard to work with? So show up and
1: just be determined to get that next time. The thing that I... Don't have advice, Sor, but I'm wondering if you do, Eliza, because I have this too. If I'm really upset, I will get choked up and I will be like, if I'm really mad or like really upset. Oh, I or, have the like, worst attitude. I have uh, a, I, can, I, I shouldn't uh, be talking. <laughs> but I just don't know. Like I, a hundred percent in that situation, I would maybe start crying And then it looks like you're doing it to be manipulative. And it's like, no, I can't help it. I don't want to be crying. This isn't what I want to be happening. I don't know how to combat that, except maybe just, again, going into like as many facts as possible. And with the question of what did he do differently? What can I do to get this role next time? But to be fair, you were blindsided. Oh, yeah. You didn't know he was going to show you that bullshit chart, and you had
2: been invested in this, and you'd put so much work in. He was unprofessional in not letting you know. And, yeah. just, like, that's a bitch move.
1: Hey, what's up and with that job? Oh, here, read this chart and find yes. out. <laughs> so, either the guy is completely
2: devoid of human emotion, like, there's a version where he's just a terrible communicator and super black and white but it seems like he was afraid to actually tell you and that should speak volumes so keep an eye on him yeah keep your keep your shitty bosses closer <laughs> um, and who cares that you cried Let, just forget that one what yeah. he did was shitty your boss would cry too if he was like blindsided by like his favorite picture of him holding a dead bass on his dating profile picture got erased without him knowing <laughs> we all have things that trip us up It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while well, introducing newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of
3: styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option
2: to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office
3: where you have to be presentable. And it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right
2: back. Newly is a great value at ninety eight dollars a month for any six styles, but right now you can get twenty
3: dollars off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Eliza twenty. Just go to n u u l y dot com. That's Newly with two U's, and enter the code Eliza twenty and sign up to get twenty dollars off your first month. That's n u u l y dot com. Newly with two U's with code Eliza twenty. Newly Subscription Clothing Rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Eliza today to get
2: 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot Eliza.
1: Hi, I've loved you since freezing hot. Watched all of your specials. Saw you in Vegas last October. Cue all of the other references and accolades. It's only like one accolade, but I'll take it. My husband, 47 male, and I, 47 female, live in a semi-small town and have lived in our home for 24 years now. Another. I'm I'm writing it down. 47.
2: Small home.
1: Semi-small town. (laughs) Semi-hard at times. Go on. Another couple has lived across the street for almost as long, and we've had a very friendly neighborship. That is now word, you're welcome, over the years, sharing tools, lawn advice, barbecues, et cetera. They were part of our driveway drinking TM when COVID hit, becoming even more part of our tight knit neighborhood friend group, which has morphed into a happy hour slash random hangout slash celebrate their kids' B days, et cetera, kind of situation. I love it. The Pine I love it. Street posse, if you will, a few years ago some random new neighbor began storing his trash-filled trailer that he was using as a mobile dumpster filled with rotting, leaking garbage parked right in front of a storm drain that goes to the local river. He had also started a mobile car wash and was using the street in front of our home to wash cars, letting the soapy reject water go down the drain. So garbage, garbage water, garbage person operating a noisy, messy business in a residential area. I'd had enough. One afternoon, I walked over to his home to ask him nicely to move it. The old neighbor saw me going over and said he'd watch from the bushes to make sure I was okay, as the new neighbor was, let's just say, (laughs) rough around the edges. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. New neighbor laughed in my face, got a little threatening, and said he'd do what he wanted. What was I going to do about it? The next day, I pulled the local municipal code complaint form and mailed it to every neighbor within sight of this new neighbor with a letter urging everyone to sign it and send it in. He moved out shortly after, so this whole thing is, oh, yes, moot, but an integral part of what happens next. Stay with me oh. here. Oh, no, I'm glad you did that, because <laughs> that's usually where the question ends for so many people. Like, our neighbors a nightmare? Yes, municipal code. <laughs> a few months ago, old neighbor comes to my doorstep Fuming, asking my husband to step outside. He proceeds to rant that he's never called the cops on our parties, never had a problem with me, but how dare we write him an anonymous letter telling him to not use so much water on his lawn. He then pulls out the letter, and my old letter from three years ago, why did he keep it and said he knows it's me because the stamp is the same. Those are the kind you buy in bulk from Costco. The forever stamps that everyone uses also, I have ten times the size of his lawn, and eye water. And the weird lady across the street from him recently ripped up her lawn and put in rocks and succulents. Hmm. Side note: Why did he want to talk to my husband, and not me? Surely couldn't be that he's a boomer. Since hold then, on, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Old neighbor, meaning that you're friends with, because you
2: said the other guy moved away. The
1: friend. Yeah, so the friend now has this pulled out okay. the letter that they sent to about bad guy and is using it as evidence that an anonymous note is from the question Because asker. he's saying,
2: you were the one willing to make noise over this guy being a nuisance, so you obviously sent this to me. Well, he's saying you were using a forever stamp. No, 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 but I'm saying it's definitely, <laughs> he's yes. saying it's you. Like, you were the kind of woman that's, I'm, I'm assuming this, yeah, you're a woman. I don't mean to identify you. Uh, you're the kind of woman that's willing to talk to this guy, so clearly you did this. Even though you went over there, like in person, he's like, you did something gutless and you're and like, even that ain't me.
1: this person has a massive lawn they're watering and someone else just replaced all of their grass-guzzling okay. water. Point uh, is, you didn't do it and his detective skills are shitty. Okay. okay. Yep. So, since then he stands on his lawn and glares at us and his wife, when passing by us on a walk, actually, I shit you not, turned toward us, shook her head, stuck out her tongue. We have not done anything or said anything since, but now the entire area of our neighborhood is awkward. Nobody really wants to take sides, which I get, but they also know we didn't write the letter and think the whole thing is asinine. I hate how this has fractured the group and I don't know what to do. My husband doesn't want to confront him because he's exactly the type of guy to call the cops for a noise complaint if we have friends over on a Saturday night. So he doesn't want to agitate the hornet's nest. Help, thank you, XOXO, J in Northern California. It's interesting because this guy was very
2: on your side, but not willing to get involved when you were standing up for the neighborhood. But now he's using that bravery against you. What's odd to me is that he won't believe you. And then there's part of me that thinks, and this happens with older men sometimes, they're wrong, but now they're embarrassed. Right. And you're saying, hey, I miss this vibe. Like I miss us all hanging out. I would try one more time because you really do have that truth on your side. You don't have to be anxious about this because you want this stability back. And by the way, like he wanted to talk to your husband because he was like, that's whatever. That doesn't bother me. Like you don't you don't need like some dude getting in your face because you miss them. Maybe you do, or I don't, maybe they're just a part of this and you don't want to be uncomfortable. What you don't want to do is like, this is like a Hatfield-McCoy thing. Like there's a small rift. This is actually what started Game of Thrones (laughs) and it just builds and builds. If you really want this back, maybe have a barbecue and go over and be like, I did not, on my children, I didn't write that letter. We miss hanging out with you guys. We would really love it if you'd come over. You know me, like I would never do that, but I also am not going to defend myself against something I didn't do Can this just be a lot of water under the bridge?
1: I I just wonder a little bit if the fact that she's saying he didn't, he said he came over and he said, I don't call on your parties. I don't call on this. And she's like, well, yeah, he could call a noise complaint on our parties. I wonder if a little bit, he's just been like suffering in silence as the the person. Our very nice question asker who went and complained about the noisiness of this business is having parties that could have the cops called on them and he hasn't. Yeah, but it, yeah,
2: but it feels like they're always invited. That's like the vibe that I get. Like you may not be a great neighbor. I don't know. I think it's worth being like, can you guys come out? We just want to talk. Like we're neighbors. We've shared meals together. We've had parties like can we come from a place of just accepting that I didn't write that letter? If we're being bad neighbors, we want to know. Like give them a space to say something and he may not apologize or anything, but you don't even need that. Like what you want to get this to is a place where you guys can all hang out again. And that seems to be something important to you. You can't control if he doesn't want to do it, but I would make a grand gesture and be like, we're having a barbecue. We'd love to have you guys back like old times. I didn't write that letter. And if you want to know the truth, I think it was that lady.
1: But also, like everybody, every town
2: needs a witch to burn.
1: <laughs> everyone uses these stamps. I also wonder he he kept the old letter. Like, does the handwriting match Maniac or is it typed? Like, it just is a matching stamp. That's so crazy to to not just be like, hey, I use more water than you, and it's these are stamps in bulk. These aren't handcrafted just, stamps. It's so weird that he didn't accept that. Also,
2: like, never forget that just because you're neat, like all you do is share a property line like you would probably not be friends with this person otherwise. And it's very easy to like have a beer and talk about the weather. But you don't really know these people. Like my neighbors are lovely, but like I don't know them know them. But it's easy to like be civil and hang out. And But I don't know if we agree politically or anything like, probably we, like live in Hollywood. Actually, I don't know. I don't know about that. One of them wears some real big hats. So, don't assume that you're the same and don't assume this guy is sane. And the wife is just kind of defending her husband following suit because they feel betrayed. All you can do is make your case. I would make, make it one more time. And I bet they'll be quiet for a little bit, but like your conscience is clean, mm-hmm. So they're just going to have to get over it. And by the way, like call the fucking cops. Like how loud could it be?
1: Whatever. Also, I wonder why the succulent neighbor didn't send a letter to Big Lawn question asker if the succulent neighbor is the one that sent the letter to this guy, why didn't she send one to, because that would vindicate our question asker if they got a letter you too, go. although now it might be yeah. too late and it'll look like you sent well, it to she, yourself.
2: Or the guy's an asshole and succulent lawn lady was like, I don't like that. I saw you watering, not the other people. I mean, yeah. but that being said, like we don't even have a front lawn. Like we should all be using less water. Okay. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> about that. I'm so far, I'm on succulent lady's side. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if you want things back the way they are, you don't even need to be friends with this guy. You just want it to be cordial. Give him that space and be like, if there's something that we do that upsets you, like we always want to know, like we are neighbors just give a minute to cool down, but then invite them over. Like just try. And then if they don't, then the guy probably has like a parasite living in his brain, controlling him, forcing him to act weird.
1: (laughs) Probably. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and the crew. I'm a 19-year-old listener. I discovered you on TikTok, then went to Netflix and loved your comedy. Then I found the podcast. It's all I've been listening to in an effort to catch up. Getting towards the beginning, yes. listening in reverse tell your, order. Tell your
2: Gen Z friends. And you know what's <laughs> insane? It's like, oh, I've crafted several hours of stand-up guaranteed to make you laugh. And it's like, I found you doing a video where you tried on jackets.
1: hey, <laughs> well, it means it's working. Yo. Tell your friends on Discord. Here we are. Tunneling (laughs) just is using
2: discord. You can't say tell
1: your friends at the mall. Right. There's no (laughs) such thing. My dilemma. I have a friendship group of six girls, five of us all get along except one. She makes passive-aggressive comments, takes the piss out of our courses, gives dirty looks, and straight up ignores us, etc. She doesn't have a great history of having female friends. Safe to say she barely has any, and the ones she does, she speaks badly of. She mostly Mm. gravitates to trying to have friendships with males, but she's not a guy's girl. Possible. She recently got in a relationship with a guy who was part of the group, and that has only increased her animosity and distance toward the rest of us. We'd like to resolve the tension, et cetera, with her, but as we know, we have not done anything wrong, but we must address it with her to move forward, especially given that we are in a house together next year, the girls only. My question is is
2: sloppy. I'm sorry. This is sloppy. You live with six girls. Are you in a sorority? You're 19. 19. Does this mean you're in college? Yeah. You're saying courses. So she's like shitting on the classes you've taken. Yeah. You all live together. And she's dating one of the friends in the group. And yeah. she's just not a That's great a hang.
1: And they're going to live with her next year. So my question is, how do I bring I'm it up with her? With her and what do we tell her? We have talked to her about other things in the past, but she gets very defensive. So it makes it hard to bring it up. Thanks for your advice in advance. I look forward to every Wednesday because of the podcast. Hope you're having a great week from Vicky.
2: There's a lot of parts missing in this equation. I'm not sure. Again, quoting Tracy Morgan from 30 Rock, like that thing where white women are like scared of their best friends. Yeah. (laughs) You must be living with her because you've already signed a lease or you're too gutless to like kick her out. Yeah. I don't know why you're living with this girl or your friends are like, I guess she's nice enough. Also be careful because your girlfriend, like girls at this age are like very, very clicky. You're figuring out everything you might think you're all agreeing that this girl sucks, but like two of them are friends with her behind your back. Like what you don't want to do is be left with holding this torch. Like we hate her. And then like you look around and there's no mob behind you. All you can do is limit your own interactions. And if you really want to get to, I'm not positive what she's saying exactly. It sounds like she just has like a bad personality. The fact that she doesn't have girlfriends, guy friends. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she looks like. Like, I don't know what's at the root of this. You can just be like, I don't know why you say negative things all the time. You could just straight up say that, be like, I don't know why you would even make a comment like that. And then just like kind of like let, and don't say anything else, and just like let her flail in the wind. Right. You know, there's always the defense of like, I'm just joking. It's like, well, then it would be funny. (laughs) Like if you want to do that, but it doesn't, most women aren't like that, where you're like, I love confrontation. Let's fucking get it on. Right. Giving it as little oxygen as possible. Like you can share a house without being close to someone. Also, I know you don't want to hear this because you're 19, but like this girl will not matter like in a year. She'll move. She'll get a different boyfriend. She'll pretend to have a nervous breakdown. She'll leave. She'll have an issue. Do you like her at all? You know, it's tough to get feedback at that age from people you already don't feel comfortable with. So you guys are like, we don't really like her. And we've tried to tell her like, no wonder she doesn't want to hear it from you. Like you guys are not cool. And so if you really want to get to the bottom of this, if you really think there's a good person in there, maybe you could like take a walk with her and just be very soft with her. But it doesn't sound like you do. It sounds like she's annoying. She kind of doesn't know who she is. In terms of her taking the piss out of your courses, like it's annoying because they're very expensive. But like if you're confident in what you're studying, like who fucking cares what she thinks? That's what college is for. Less time, spend less time. And you can just say to her like, I don't know, you're always so negative. You can just like say like little things or you could do the do thing and be like, dude, you're just like not nice to us. Right. So I don't ever want to be around you.
1: When when you guys are hanging out and she comes out and it's like, oh, why wasn't I invited? Well, it seems like you don't like us very much. It seems like you don't like us. You could just
2: say that. And she'll be like, that's not true. If she gets super angry, maybe it does feel like she does like you and she wanted to be included. Like deep down, everybody wants to be included. Right. So you have to ask yourself like do you want to get to the core of this do you want to be her friend or do you wish she would go away? If she came up to you tomorrow and was like, "Hey, like is if if she was the lovable asshole because every group has one, like would that be okay?" I think the bigger issue is like you really don't know her so you don't have any love for her and you're just like, "Who is this interloper?"
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So you need to figure out what you really want from her. If you even care. And then once you realize if you that you don't care, you'll find it very easy to ignore her. Yeah. And you can always brush it off. You just be like, I don't know. It just seems like you don't like us. So, like, I don't want to put in the effort. Yeah. But just, you can, you can live with someone and avoid them. Especially right. Especially if she has a boyfriend, it's going to, like, take up all of her time.
1: And if she's with him, I'm guessing it's like, she's probably just talking to him when you're all in a group together. So, it's fine. It's fine. It's t- tough. Once the seed has been planted that a girl, like, isn't cool to the other girls,
2: it's very hard to come back from that. But... Just be careful that you're not the only one being proactive and all of your friends are like, it's whatever. You also yeah. are under no obligation to lead anything. If you're all in a room, unless you're like the super outspoken one, like you don't, I found a lot of power in just saying absolutely less. Yeah. And just remember like the world is not on your shoulders. Reed Atlas shrugged. He like mm-hmm. shrugged off the whole thing.
1: <laughs> your objective is to like not let this girl bother you. Hi, Liza. Emily, all your babies, fur and real. I have a situation at work and would love to hear your take. I'm a 29-year-old straight female who has always been an ally to the LGBTQ community and a firm believer in do and believe what's best for you. A coworker of mine, let's call her Sarah, is a 45-year-old super religious Christian and the only one at my work that I have slightly connected with. We work in a very professional office setting and our other coworkers are in their 50s and 60s, so I naturally connect with Sarah more than others. Because she's
2: slightly younger than a (laughs) 50-year-old.
1: Our relationship is pretty work-based, so we don't share a lot about personal lives outside of the basic what we did over the weekend. Here's the problem. Sarah added me as a friend on Facebook, and I accepted, only
0: Mm -hmm. to find out that
1: she posts anti-transgender memes and quotes from time to time that, in my opinion, are borderline hateful great Christian teachings, huh? This extremely bothers me. I had no clue these were her views from our work conversations, and honestly, it makes me not want to be office-friendly with her at work anymore. I almost want to bring something up and ask her view, then use contracting Bible verses against her, like God loves all, or IDK, I would have to look some up. What would you do in this situation? She is good at her job, and I do have to say that her and I are the hardest workers in the department and work really well together. I know I'll have to work with people I don't agree with, but... This bothers me and I want to backpedal our work friendship. Maybe yeah. I should delete her off Facebook so I don't have to see what yep. she posts. That's Thank right. you for hanging in there. Kristen, you can use my name because there's no way she listens to this podcast. LOL. <laughs> PS, I have been looking for a job where I am surrounded by people who share my values. And I'm actually passionate about my work, but it's hard supporting myself and I haven't had much luck so far. Thank you both. She's like, I work at
2: a hate group. So <laughs> but the benefits are great. Right. Okay,
1: Kristen, here's the
2: truth. Politics, as much as we don't want them to have a place in the office, like they do, and we are humans. You know, I know there's this like severance idea that, you know, like I'm a robot during the day and then at night and I can do whatever I want. Because you like each other enough, it's very human to be like, let's become friends. But you went looking and you found something disgusting. 100% you either mute. I don't know if Facebook has that function or unfollow. I doubt she's checking, to be honest. And since you're not the one that reached out, maybe she can like still look at your stuff. You can drive yourself crazy posting pro-trans, pro-gay, like memes and stuff like that. At the very least, I would unfollow or hide so you don't have to look at it, okay? If you really want to do some anti-racist work. Uh, Anti-trans To me, it's like kind of like all the same thing. I (laughs) doubt she's like, hate trans, but I'm super cool with immigrants and black people. (laughs) True, yeah. Um, But okay, this really has to come from your heart and you don't want to violate any HR policies because you are at work and you're saying this is a very formal corporate environment where you all wear tuxedos and ball gowns. You have to be, and what's scary is in her mind, she's like, that girl's crazy. Of course being trans is bad, you know? You have to be so confident and you are in your views that these things are not bad things. I don't know if you can bring it up at work. But to me, I would have no problem saying like, if she asks you, Hey, I noticed you unfollow me, which she never will. Cause only a psychopath does that, which she might be. Just be ready to say like, I don't love the stuff that you post. And so I just, you know, I wanted to keep our working relationship professional. So it's, it's just best because I don't want to have that conversation at work. Like there has to, you know, she should feel she should feel embarrassed that those are her views, but she doesn't because she's like somewhat brainwashed. you I don't know that you can say it at work, but you have to be very comfortable with saying, like, And you could even say to her, like, I saw some of your views They're, I think you think they're a joke, but they're actually super problematic and very dangerous. And I'd love to know more about why you think that, but I don't think you do. Because in a perfect world, you would convince her otherwise, but this is years of indoctrination that I don't know that you're equipped to change because I think you'll get upset. At the very least, unfollow or mute and never bring it up. And just remember, like, this is your work person who might be, good at other things. Like you can be ignorant and you can have these dumb views, but like not be a horrible person day to day. I think we like to write off an entire person. Like she might be great to work with and super responsive. And that is her function for you from nine to five. And quietly look for that other job where you're not surrounded by bigots. Okay.
1: I think that that actually is really an interesting point and a good point that like you don't have to be friends or anything. You have to work with her because you have a job. But I think that issue of like you can't unring the bell. Knowing that about her, it does yes. make it hard to just like look at her when she's like, "Hey, you have a good weekend." And she had spent all day Saturday posting like hateful things, and you're like, "Uh, it's just it's tough hard to, to look answer." Past.
2: Even because this is ask Eliza anything, but like I could see myself being like, "Do you have a good weekend?" Like trying to get abortion clinics closed, like. <laughs> It's tough. I mean, I work with a lot of comics who I know are, like, really bad
1: people. Yeah. (laughs) Or of insane views.
2: Like, I know you said something shitty to that girl on a date. Or, like, I know that you did this shitty thing or sexually harassed people a lot in the early 2000s. It's like, (laughs) but all I have to do is share a green room with you for eight minutes. Like, am I going to be the one tearing you apart? No. And I'm sure... She could, with, like, the proper therapy and training, become, like, a normal person. And there is a lot of gray area, you know? It's not, I think, when we are uh, allies, the side asking for that allyship, they want absolutism. Like, you're not allowed to ask anything. You're not allowed to say anything. And that's where it gets scary. And so part of you wants to know, like, what is it that you're anti or pro. Like, maybe it's like a fiscal thing. Maybe she doesn't want her taxes going to something and she thinks it's okay. Like, there's always common ground or an area you can discuss. That being said, that's not your job and you didn't find those memes funny and this is not the quality of person that you would be friends with otherwise. So I would say nothing. And if she goes digging, you can be like, oh, I... I thought everything on your Facebook page was really violent and horrible. So I just unfollowed it. Because I'm I, sure she would have no problem saying to you, like, I saw a lot of like, you know, Black Lives Matter. And I don't want to give her that, that voice. Sorry. Like I saw a <laughs> lot of pro-trans stuff and it just didn't line up with my views. Like people who are like that have no problem saying it to you. So why do we as progressive people shy away from that?
1: There is an element of accountability we have now that we never had mm. before where it's like, Uh, I now am responsible for everyone else. Like, right, like if I let someone else say something hateful, that somehow comes back on me. And I understand that. I understand how you don't just sit idly by, right, and just let people be awful. But at a certain point, I can't be responsible for everyone else. Like I'm in Georgia right yes. now. I can't be responsible for everyone else in Georgia. Like I can't teach everyone. And so you have this like warring thought of yeah. if I let this go, if I let this person act like that, isn't that just kind of agreeing with it? Like in some way it's, it's a tough spot Are to you- be in as I, I think especially young people now, like when there were, mm-hmm. when there were Nazis, people weren't like, ah, oh, I saw your Facebook friends with that yeah. Nazi. What's wrong with you? Or like, why didn't you tell him that doing that sucks? Like, come on. Like, You don't want to be complicit because by saying nothing you
2: are. However, this is one person who you work with. You're not going to an anti-trans rally. Like you're not supporting these things. You're still doing your thing. And at the end of the day, only you will have your workplace impacted in a negative way while everyone else is just living their life. So sometimes if it's going to impact like your immediate space, that's a tough thing. It's like the environment. You're like, you're killing yourself to buy all the eco-friendly greenwash brands and not use gas and compost. Meanwhile, like billionaires are like dumping fuel in the ocean. We're just like eating every fish, poisoning all the water and you're like sitting there spending 20 grand a year on like a commercially compostable bag. It's tough. Right. You can only do what you can do Um. and there is this impetus to be like anti-racist, anti-transphobic, like all of these things actively but a lot of people think that work comes from just posting the same memes and stories and headlines to your same followers. So the work comes in transforming other people's brains, but you're not gonna do it by shaming her. And you're not gonna do it at work. And I will tell you, like I don't know why this wasn't in the news in a bigger way, but like Columbus, Ohio, a couple days ago, a group I was shaking because I didn't know what to do in terms of saying something, a group of Nazis showed up to protest a trans story hour, like to little kids. And what kills me is all of them, they're waving. I can't convey to you how chilling this is if you aren't Jewish, because I think Nazis become this catch-all term where we're like anti-Nazi, but like people are still secretly anti-Semitic. so you're just like, what's happening here? They were waving a swastika flag. Yeah. And I just, I don't think, I don't even think those types of people admit the Holocaust happened. Like, I don't know what this new neo Nazi group is, but they all had ski masks and sunglasses. At least the fucking morons at January 6th showed their faces because they so deeply believed they were doing something good. These guys, you know, they know it's wrong. You know, they're scared because they're covering their faces. I really believe that. Like when it's your issue, like I would march in a pro-trans, in a, I guess, anti-anti-trans movement. <laughs> I was at Black Lives Matter without a mask on because I know that it's right. So if you, be- I would respect at least 1% if you knew it was right. There was one Nazi with awful, like weirdly Nordic
1: tattoos on his face marching what, in front of it. That's a big Nazi thing is the, the Norse mythology. Oh God, give me a fucking yeah. break. People never even heard of a Jew.
2: And so it's tough because I was like, do I post this? And in posting that, are you giving other people ideas? Are people like, yeah, who cares? Like you just don't know. But that was particularly chilling because you're talking about me. You're protesting trans storytelling because it's a vulnerable group and you think you can just do that. But like you're waving a swastika, which means you want my whole family gassed and made into fucking lamps. yeah they probably don't even know that's what they want. I don't even think they, the people in the masks know what the agenda is. They just think that gay people are the problem and trans people are the problem. Anyway, that was upsetting. So
1: to take it back to you, you do what you can. Right. Don't endanger your livelihood. But if yeah. you feel like you can get through to this person, you know, every, you would be making her better, you know, don't.
2: Might be with some slower conversations or you may not want to take that on. But um, it is, it is, We all like to think that in the moment, we're going to say the thing that makes you uncomfortable. But people are usually, um, they're very loud about this online when you're just talking to a camera. You know, it's easy to be like, you need to stand up and make noise. And it's like, we all did. You know, after all the anti-abortion thing, we're all like, watch that patriarchy burn. You're like, I got to go get some frozen yogurt. (laughs) like aside from voting and these like protests, like what are we really doing? The answer is having calm conversations, changing one mind at a time, but good works
1: hard. Evil works harder. Right. Well, top of the cup.
2: Come on. You always do that to me. (laughs) Give
1: me one more. Okay. Don't be a turd. All All right. Hi, Emily and Eliza. Hope you're both doing well. I love the pod and have been listening since the beginning. I'm a 21 year old girl tw- turning 22 in May. My birthdays the last two years have been horrible, with last year being the worst in my entire short life. Three days before I turned 21, I received a message letting me know that my best friend, who had gone missing a few days earlier, was found dead in her apartment. She had been brutally oh murdered God. by her roommate. <gasps> Wait, snatch- why? How would
2: she? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry why wouldn't they look in her apartment first? Like, how could you report someone missing if the first place you would look is their home?
1: I don't know. That's not the point. Maybe the roommate would to let them in. Yeah. This naturally (gasps) shattered my world, broke my heart, and left me deeply depressed, ultimately putting my life on pause. At New Year's time, I made a decision to try and honor her memory by starting to live again and embracing the new chapter I was supposed to start when I moved to another country six weeks after the tragedy. So this year, for my boyfriend, for my birthday, my boyfriend and I—, I got a boyfriend. <laughs> my boyfriend, boyfriend and I have decided to go to Mexico to celebrate by exploring a new country. We live in Spain and have our birthdays four days apart. My question is, how can I, in the best way possible, honor the memory of my best friend while I'm away? And what can I do to make sure the sadness of the one-year mark won't take over and ruin our much-needed holiday? Sorry for the long message. I'd really appreciate your help and take on this. Thanks so much. Best Buildy. Anonymous is fine. My name is hard to pronounce. I tried. I hope that's anonymous. Um, That is horrific.
2: And I don't know what it's like to have someone close to me murdered. Your friend would want you to have fun. Your friend wants you to be happy. Life is for the living. And I think you go with your boyfriend and you just be super honest about where you are emotionally and you let yourself know that it's okay to have fun But if you need to cry or if you need to feel sad, coming from a woman who has ruined plenty of vacations with my husband, (laughs) there's no rule book for grief. You might want to like identify where you are, like on the, there's like seven steps to grief or whatever. Maybe you're at the party stage, but you're alive. Maybe you light a candle. I don't know if you guys are Catholic. Maybe you go to like a mass or something, or just something like that. I would set aside a little chunk of time on that trip. Maybe you write her a note that you burn or I don't know. Set aside like a little memorial like moment for her. Maybe it's getting tequila and like cheersing to her. I don't know. Acknowledge that because you feel guilty about having fun, but that does no one any good. Because I think at the root of that guilt is I'm alive, she's dead and I feel bad being happy. But that's nobody who has died wants you to feel that way it's not a jewish mother who died
1: it's your best friend well and go in knowing that you're not going to be able to prevent like yeah you're going to you you can't you can't mute or dampen the effect the one year is going to have on you you just you can't give yourself a
2: break and maybe do something i mean when this is not the same because it's a dog not a person but when we were in tokyo and uh, sorry in japan and blanche died the rest of the trip throughout asia was just about like trying to go through the motions of having fun but being sad and i just let myself cry and if you want to stay in the hotel that's okay and also tell your boyfriend like like i remember i stayed upstairs and i cried and noah like met someone out for noodles and like that was okay right so as long as your boyfriend is supportive of that let yourself cry let it wash over you carve out some time maybe talk to her you can go to like something kind of spiritual if you want but just be okay with whatever it is. Don't go into it expecting like high expectations of like partying and only feeling great. And I bet you will surprise yourself. Yeah. That's all. It's okay to feel that way. Yeah. But, but don't get caught up in the one year of it. This time is just this like man-made construct. Like it's a year. What, you know, how is a year really any different than six months or two years? It's just like the number one is so round and shiny, but- and don't go through the like she should be here this time last year, or like get have a big cry and then go out. The body needs that. But don't, don't be hard on yourself.
1: Yeah. Top of the cob. It's
2: the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. My bottom is that, you know, I did some online shopping yesterday, and they're like, put in your email for 15%. You're like, no, fuck you. But then when you go to check out, they're like, we need your email. We need your phone number. Like, they get you coming and going either way. So this, like, illusion of choice. Like, I set up my new car and they're like, do you want a confirmation text via phone or email? You're like, I'll take the phone. And then after, like, we need your email to set up the account. So I don't like that. Like, I'm not dumb. And yeah. I also don't know why you need my phone number. Like, in case something happens. I'm like, it's never happened. So just send me my shit. I always put in a fake number. Yeah. Also billing address I'm like you just need the zip is it the same as shipping no you're not sending me a bill I'm paying it right now with my credit
1: card I I still will randomly get texts for things for you from like years ago like a yoga studio in Texas or something and then reply like stop stop when they're like lol silly human stop means go harder right I am a boy because there is that if you unsubscribe from an email I'm always like well am I now letting them know this is a legitimate email address that they should keep spamming yeah
2: Oh, it's always like, we just need your number for, and you're like, we won't sell it to anyone. I'm like, really? Because I've already gotten like three emails from Kohl's. Like, it's all connected. They've got your shit. And so part of me is just like, all right, here's everything. I don't care. You're already yeah. watching me. Yeah. That's my bottom of the cop.
1: My the bottom. of choice. <laughs> my bottom is, okay, you know when you leave your house or whatever, and then you're worried like, oh, did I leave the oven on or something? And it, you never actually did. Did I leave the door open? I did. I didn't leave the oven on, but I left my house today and then I got to I got to the movie theater and I was thinking, did I leave that can of cat food <gasps> up on that shelf? I had fed the cats then gone to pee and so I put the can that had been emptied but had that yes. very sharp metal metal lid in it. I put it on this shelf that they had, cannot, have not ever been able to access. It's like a little cubby drilled into the wall and I left. I forgot about it and I left and I thought, oh my God, what if they get the can? What if they cut their little tongues on that metal? And I uh, no, they won't get it. No, I didn't leave it. Got home, cans on the floor, little metal lid is on the floor. So far, no one's tongue seems to be bleeding, but I am living in fear like, of like, did they lick? And the I edge? expected it with my tongue
2: to make sure
1: <laughs> they're fine. They didn't. You know what's funny? I would think you'd be excited because then you get to go to the vet. <laughs> I do miss the vet. I keep being like, <sighs> I wonder, is the next one like a year? If, they, if they're all good for the next like six months at a year, can I go in and be like, hi, can we have a checkup, please?
2: What was the name of that Hulu documentary about the Munchausen's by proxy mom with the girl? She like how her
1: teeth pulled. Was that the act or am yeah. I thinking of something else? It,
2: no, it was. it's like a true story about like the little girl was called like Baby Jane or something yeah. and then she went to jail because she killed her mom. With Patricia Arquette. Yeah, that is your that is your biography. But they really
1: got into it. And of course, it's like you think like, oh, number one, you didn't leave the can. Number two, if you left the can, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to access it. And then you get home and it's right there and everything happened that you thought couldn't happen, but you were yeah. scared about. But,
2: the, but, the, but cats are adept at traversing tricky terrain, but that is part of being a parent is hoping your worst fear won't be realized and seeing that your baby is able to navigate that fear in new and exciting ways. Like, I came into Sierra's room the other morning and she had taken off all of her clothes and her diaper. Impressive. And there was just pee everywhere. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So last night, I'm like, I'm putting you in a onesie. You're not gonna unzip this. And I came in today and she had one full arm out like Halle Berry. And I was just like, and it was still buttoned at the top. I'm like, how did you even get that arm
1: out? She was like, I'm on the
2: red carpet, one arm out. <laughs>
1: Uh, what's the bottom of the cob? So the bottom of the cob from a fan is so good. Okay. Hey, Lies and Emily. Big fan of the pod. My bottom of the cob. I hate when the comments get turned off on social media posts. I'm nosy and want to know what got everyone put in virtual timeout. Caitlin from Kansas. I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, As someone
2: who has turned off comments, like I get sometimes you're like, I don't want this feedback. What I love about comments and I'll do this. like, I'll follow like Jerry News if there's like, God, a shooting, so like every 10 minutes or something political or just anything that involves society. Yeah. The comment section is actually, actually a great way to get some perspective about an angle you maybe didn't think of. Weirdly, the comment section, and I'm not saying take all of this as gospel, will have information oftentimes that the news source doesn't. Be like, man apprehended. They'll be like, yeah, they didn't say he was actually arrested at noon. And he was this, not that. Like sometimes it's like from the community or they'll say like, oh, interesting. They didn't They didn't say that the guy had like 15 AR-15s in his trunk, like little things or it'll be from like a fiscal perspective. Um, but you have to kind of read them with one eye open. Yeah. But I do love, I, I pop popcorn. I'm like, let's see how irate people get about their hurt fifis. Yeah. Not everybody should be, eligible to vote. That's all I got to say. In America, we're like, rock the vote. I'm like, no, so many of you are so stupid. Please don't vote. Please, please stay home. Please stay home and just,
1: just do nothing. Tap the cap. We'll go fan, you, me. Okay. Fan says, hello, Eliza, Emily, Snow Beach, Little Big Tree, Frog, and Hot Scotty. I'm Shay, female, 32, and I have a master's degree. I've been or a listener do. almost since the beginning of the pod. I was at the Your Last Life show in Indy right before COVID hit. I got to meet you and mm-hmm. Tianfu looked me in the eye. I swear she saw <laughs> into my soul. It's hard to get eye contact from her. <laughs> with the wonky eye. <laughs> my top of the cup is that I recently found out I am pregnant. It's too soon to share with anyone else besides my hubs and doc. I really, really want to tell someone. I suffered a miscarriage in February 2022, so this is even more exciting. I love how open and honest you are about your journey to motherhood. I'm excited to start mine. Hugs and kisses to the Snow Peach, Shay from Indianapolis. Well, let's hope no one puts together that this is the Shay they know. So She's, she's not like, sharing I'm just, it with she's anyone. hoping they will, and they'll be like, I heard you on the pod. Uh Shay, congratulations.
2: That's awesome. This one's going to stick. It's going to be great. I hope you're healthy and happy. Have the best time. I loved it. I didn't like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm loving being pregnant, but I just had like a great pregnancy. And guess what? You can have a little bit more than a cup of coffee. Don't listen to the doctors. I did, and my baby is full turbo, twin turbo engine, fully charged. Have the best time. Enjoy all of it. Get all the free stuff. Um... What's yours, Emily?
1: Mine is, I realized this about myself also today, but it happened last time too. When I go to the movies, if I go to the theater and I'm watching a trailer, if it's a trailer for a movie I'm excited about, I will start tearing up. Like, I don't know if it's from excitement or joy. I saw literally a Fast X trailer today.
2: Okay, well, (laughs) a lot of women tear up when they have orgasms. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) as each character came out, I'm like tearing up, like a new Fast and Furious movie, like as though like I never see, I never thought I'd see the day. Like of course, you know that Charlize Theron is back, and I'm like, oh my god, it's all happening. I don't, and I've found that it happens, but it will happen for trailers for movies I'll never see. Every time there's like a movie with a dog or whatever, but I'll like tear up in a happy way only at movie trailers and only in the theater. If I'm watching them on. Twitter I'm not but in the theater something about it is conducive to me well crying. no one feels
2: good on Twitter I think movie theaters are conducive to invoking emotion I mean I understand like tearing up at the trailer for like Wakanda forever because Chadwick oh, Boseman yeah. died and there's the birth scene and that cover of no woman no cry oh yeah I think you actually are the only person to tear up at the fast x <laughs> unless it's like an memoriam to Paul Walker so you're a special breed Emily <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, fast call, Charlene's. You got your arm back. I saw Mad Max. <laughs> My top of the cob is super weird, but you know that dream? I don't know. I think everybody has this dream in somewhere or another. You know that dream where like you can't get to class? Hmm. Um. Which is, I have this dream. In high school, we had a block schedule like, for the day, be like a b, c, d, e f right, and each class was a different block, and then every day it would be different, so a would go at the end, so it would be b, d, e f G, and then a would be at the end of the day, so all of your classes were different. Days. I have this reoccurring nightmare that in college we have this that the schedule, and I cannot remember which class goes with which block, and it's a and and I'm in the middle of a semester, and there's one class that i haven't attended. Because it's, I couldn't find it and I can't find like a registrar. I can't find the office yeah. that will write it all down for me. And last night, for the first time in my life, I found the class. <gasps> oh and the God. teacher was like super sweet and it was a class on words. <laughs> and the teacher was like, I was so surprised you hadn't come back because I know you love words. And I was like, I do love words. And I was able to get from her like what the exam's going to be about, the books. Like I was able to find that class and I was like crying. I was like, I have wanted to come back to class and I don't want to fill out, but I didn't know. And I, it's just weird to like get that closure.
1: Yeah, what and does I it wonder, mean if you beat well, a nightmare? <laughs> I
2: beat the nightmare. I beat the level one boss. This week... I did on Friday night, Saturday night, I had nothing. I did no shows. The long story boring is we were supposed to do this whole thing this weekend with Noah and going out in LA Pizza Fest. He had to get a tooth pulled, which is horrific. Right before Pizza Fest? It's, this poor man must have been Noah. like the biggest Nazi in a past life because he has the worst luck and he's such a sweet guy. Um, <laughs> but because of that, it's like no acid, nothing hard, like no alcohol, like acid being like from the tomatoes. So... My weekend was contingent upon him, but we couldn't do anything. So I had nothing to do. And rather than call him for spots, I'm like, you know what? I'll just relax. I didn't even take melatonin to go to bed. Like I just went to bed last night. And so I wonder if in a way my body was like, oh, this is 48 hours of nothingness. You're not stressed. Right. So that was, I just, you physiologically you wonder how your constant dreams are affected if you change your mental biome. So they had the
1: whoever makes dreams had that dream unlocked, but then you weren't stressed enough, so they had to pivot. Yeah. Jaw still hurts, though. Okay, folks,
2: also top of the cob, double cob, is Eliza's Locals premiered this week. We had an incredible show at Tom Bergen's in Hollywood. A lot of people came out, a lot of fans, a lot of industry. These comics had a great set. And episode one premiered Friday, episode two came out Saturday, and episode three came out Sunday. On YouTube, the views are pouring in. Please give it a watch. It's a great way to find some new stand up. I did three episodes. There's six comics in each episode. Each comic does 10 minutes. I think it's the perfect amount to like debut a new comic. You get a taste for them. It's a fun lineup. We have all kinds of comics on there, all from LA. It's diverse, it's fun. All of these comics are people I've seen out working hard. I think there's something for everyone there. And if you like them, give them a follow on social media. But I just wanted to create something, a little space for the comics that I love and know that I produced it in conjunction with a company called 800 Pound Gorilla. But the music, the graphics, everything was decided by yours truly. So get into it. Watch Eliza's Locals on YouTube. If you care about me, please share it. If you really care about me, just let it play on Safari and Chrome in the background of your computer. Let all the ads play. Just stream it. But please enjoy it. And that's them. And if you want to see me coming up, we got Brea Improv doing special two shows. We've got Hawaii coming up in July. Eliza.com slash tour for all of the mega fall hard feelings tour dates. Coming to you, Europe. I know we got a lot of European fans and listeners. I'm looking at you, Oslo, because that is an eight thousand seat venue. So <laughs> if you can't catch me anywhere else in Northern Europe, come see me in Oslo eliza.com slash tour and remember folks always remember it's never
1: too late to eat a pizza. except for Noah can't I
2: thought you said a piece a uh,
1: and I was like a piece of what
2: <laughs> okay I don't like I don't want to do this anymore you're, you're so <laughs> awful
1: I need, at this improv you, because you that one was too that one was too
2: open-ended <laughs> Oh, my God. You want more boundaries? Remember, it's like we always say in the coffee business. Get them beans. (laughs) Wasn't that so much better? (laughs) It's like we always say in the lesbian coffee
0: business. (laughs) Yeah. Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A